Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper on AFR Talk. One of the most amazing facts that you will find in the Bible is the people of God being in a position of influence, and that is missional. Uh, Many times the person may not be the ruler, may not be the leader, but God consistently throughout the Bible has placed believers, followers of Jesus, in a position of influence in those people who are in power. And the story that you will hear today uh, in our interview on Exploring Missions, you will find out how God worked that, and now it's a ministry that that will bless you and to be involved in and to pray for. This is Bert Harper along with a co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan, positions of influence are not always the person in power. That's right. It's position is not does not always equate to influence. And in missional, you've talked about it and you teach it at Global Frontier Missions to those is finding a person of peace, and it may not be the, <clears throat> the leader, but it's a person in a community that God has chosen to use, uh, and a person of peace really becomes a person of influence. Right. I mean, you could think about it in, in some terms of, uh, I, don't, I don't remember which president would say something like this, but um, you, know, you have the president of the United States, and then you have the chief of staff, which sometimes... Um, in, within the White House, the most powerful person in the room could be the chief of staff, you know, who, who they let to come in and see the president or not. Um, and sometimes the vice president is just kind of just dressing. Right. <laughs> you know, they're just kind of on the side. That's kind of that idea, right? And we're going to put this in a matter of prayer. We're praying uh, for our president, and we're really praying for our vice president, especially uh, Vice President Pence, of his we know of his relationship with God, and so we're praying for those godly influences in our administration that God would have his way, and it would be of good and uh, of godliness and missional to the point of, of saying, yes, this is in America. We still have the freedom to share the gospel here, but we also have the freedom to take the gospel to other countries. So uh, make that a part of your praying. But in the Bible, we have several examples, and I'm just going to throw some of them out, and I want you to comment about them. Uh, Joseph uh, in Egypt was imprisoned, but he became and elevated to a very important, prominent place of influence. Yeah, basically second in command in the, in the whole uh, nation of, of Egypt, uh, where it was Pharaoh's, became Pharaoh's kind of right-hand man um, and running certain programs for, for the Pharaoh. And so, you know, only God was able to put Joseph into that position. He did not seek out that, po- that position of, of influence and power, uh, but God put him there for his purposes. Okay, let's, let's go down the line and think of someone else 
and 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 this is kind of a double Ezra and Zerubbabel. Okay, building the temple. Ezra was the scribe. Zerubbabel was the leader. And theirs was a little different. Theirs was like hand and glove. Uh, Zerubbabel, yes, he gathered the people. He brought them back. Was it? I think it was three different groups yeah, that Zerubbabel so. would bring back. And Ezra was there as the scribe. They'd build the temple. He would set things up, and he would train the people. So God used their gifts Tandemly. That's right. And then you add a third person of Nehemiah. Is going to come later. Into that story, yes. And and so these positions of influence, Nehemiah, since we brought him up, uh, he was the cupbearer, better known as the food taster. Right. Uh, anything that the king ate, he got to eat first. That's right. Now, remember, the most common way of killing the leader in those days was food poisoning. So it was a great position, but it was a dangerous one. Yeah, I heard story about like a food taster or cupbearer is that uh, when they would taste the food before the king would eat, they were to only say one word. Okay, imagine this. If you spoke the word, it was good, and the word was tasty. Okay, so if it was good, you said tasty, and then the king knew that he could eat. And, of course, if you didn't speak, you were probably dead laying on the floor, and so he would know not to eat it at that point. So he was waiting for that word, (laughs) waiting for the word. Nehemiah, he was asking issues about Jerusalem, found out they were in deep trouble, and he set himself to pray. The person of influence better be a person of prayer. I, I think that comes across with Joseph. I I know it comes across with Nehemiah and Daniel too. If we think about him in that kind of a position, yes, he did. Daniel became a person of influence. The amazing thing about Daniel was that he, uh, they talked about him being the third ruler, right? And and everybody was talking about in history that shows you the falsehood of the Bible. I'm I'm chasing a rabbit right here, but I want to say it real quickly to give you confidence in the Bible. Everybody's saying, what does it mean, you know, concerning that? Because the history only had one leader. Because of archaeology and studying, they found out they had a tandem leader in da- uh, during that period of time with Daniel, okay. and he was the third one. The Bible was right, and history was wrong at that time because yeah. they had not made discovery right. of what it would be revealed. Yeah, typically, history and science has to catch up to the Bible. That is true. Life is in the blood. One more person. Let's move to the New Testament real quickly. In in the New Testament, we we they're not as many and it's not as evident. But I I do believe like when we look at the apostles, you it seemed like Peter was the chief spokesman. Uh, it seems like John was the one that Jesus would lean upon so much. But I see in Andrew that person that was influence others to bring to Christ. Now, I'm not trying to stretch this, but I I believe that. So a lot of times we were talking about in the White House, the chief of staff, what did he do? And you use that illustration, permitting who would come in and see Jesus. The apostles at one time tried to keep the children away from him. Andrew brought the child, the boy who had the five loaves, and two fish. Right, yeah. So, now, a person of influence, and this is the last characteristic that I want to talk about, he is doubly, well, triply connected as as a follower of Christ. 
but he's connected to the leader, but he's also connected to that person that needs to be brought. Yes. That was true with Joseph. Here's his brothers, yep. and here was Pharaoh. Here was Nehemiah. Here was the king, and here was the people of Jerusalem. So Think a, about Esther. You know, you got it. The Bible's filled with this. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, isn't that the work of a missionary? Is someone who connects God, God's word, with people who need to hear it. And they're the go-between, the mediator to, to make that happen from one culture to another. Um, that's what missionaries do. You know, that's what the church is called to do and be, is that, is that person who is – that, is that the people who, who take God's word to the world, you know? God may have you in that position. In the interview that you're going to hear today, you'll find out God strategically placed an individual who was a follower of Christ in a position to influence a country. That is awesome. It didn't take place in the Old Testament. It did not take place in the New Testament. It took place in our lifetime. So we want you to hear this interview, and we pray that it would bless you and enrich your life and challenge you to follow Christ. Our guest on Exploring Missions today is Fred and Olga. Let me make sure I get this right. I have to look at it. Lysenko. Yes. And uh, that's not like a Smith or a Brown here in the uh, southern part of the United States. That is Ukrainian last name. Yes, sir. And uh, our guest, again, Fred and Olga, originally Ukrainian ancestry, Russian ancestry. Yes. But today they're with us here in the studios of American Family Radio, and we're talking about a ministry that Olga started Kindness Foundation several years ago, and we talked about it last week, how that God put that on her heart, how she was in a position to have the Bible and the, I would say, the morality of the Bible taught in the Russian schools because they were wanting to be discarded from the communist chain of thought and get a more European thought, and they recognized what a lot of folks don't recognize, the foundation of that society is Christian, and it's the biblical concept. And through that, in her position, she was able, and others, to get the Bible integrated into all the levels of the Russian education uh, to teach, whether it was history or whether it was science, to have the Bible integrated in those. Sounds like the way we sh- are to live our lives, guys. The Bible's to be a part of every aspect of our lives, not separate, you know, but a part of. Yes. And so we discussed that last week, and we want you to know that because of that, God is using them in a significant way to get Bibles, uh, which are legal now, into the hands of the Russians that are there that they can have a copy of the Word of God. Now, Fred, what I want you to do, and then we'll come back. I want you to, we want to get the story of how these two met because they weren't raised in the same neighborhood. Uh, They were quite many miles apart, but God brought them together. But tell us why and how it works that when people can give $10 or 
$40 a month if they want to be a part of the family with Kindness Foundation. How the Bible is put into the hands of the Russian community. How does that work? Thank you. Uh, we'll begin with your first question. How did we meet with Olga? I was called into the full-time ministry in 1986. In 1990, the first time I went to Soviet Union with the humanitarian aid organization. Because uh, I am fairly fluent in Russian language and Ukrainian, um, I very quickly then came to know some people, uh, actual Russians that live there, and uh, one thing led to another that we got in touch with some scientists, the very educated people of Soviet Union at the time. And they came up to me and they said, look, uh, we now have glasnost, which you know, and, uh, and perestroika. Uh, however, we, we have a chance to know about God, about the Bible, but we don't have any Russian Christians that are educated enough to come and talk to us because we are in too, in too intimidated. Uh, to intimidating to the Christians that live here. So why don't, can you help us get together with uh, foreign um, educated people, with scientists? So um, I agreed to that, and we started having uh, creationist symposiums with the Soviet scientists, uh, with uh, Dr. Dwayne Gish, uh, Creation Science Institute, whom you probably, uh, probably yes. know, Australians, some people from Europe. And once we had several sessions with the Soviet uh, communists, they asked us to start, start translating the materials uh, into Russian language. And when the Soviet Union disintegrated uh, and commission came on, onto stream, then Dr. Paul Kinnell, the founder and the, and, and the president of uh, Christian School International, uh, actually spoke to Olga's boss, uh, first deputy minister of education, and suggested to them that they should look into a creation model for the education system and suggested that they would get in touch with my friends and myself. And that's when we went to the education department, brought our materials, showed it to the minister, uh, deputy minister of education. Then he called in Dr. Olga and said, she's my specialist. If she approves of your material, then we'll use it. I've got to stop right here, and I remember where you are. So God, in his providential care, had your grandmother, and this is a reminder of last week, your mother, grandmother taking you to the woodshed, lighting a candle, reading you the Bible in those early years before you moved away from where she lived. Right. And, she, and that was in your background. Did anybody else know that when they asked you to be the assistant and to to help with this decision? No, nobody was. Um, when I graduated university, I uh, first time after many, many years saw Bible in the library, which was displayed for the students. And I accidentally opened it and read the story my grandmother read me when I was a little girl. I understood completely that my life is not going to the right way, and I should change it in the way my grandmother told me. So, but there was no Christians around me who would tell me what should I do and how I could change my life. So, only one thing I could do, and I did, I started uh, 
teaching, when I was teaching history in one of the uh, Moscow schools, I said teaching positively about the Christianity and the rule of Christianity in the history of Russia and the world at large. So when I did my doctor degree and also was uh, working several years in the Academy of um, Education for for Soviet Union, the Soviet Union um, became to be many independent countries, and Russia, the biggest country of that, developed the educational institutions and Minister of Education was invited to serve in this uh, educa- uh, Minister of Education, a specialist in moral education. And we made decisions that Russia supposed to replace communist ideology into the Bible-based ideology, which was actually uh, going, uh, truly going back to the roots of the Russian mm-hmm. nation, uh, which received Christianity in the ninth century, and, and Russia being a part of European civilization would unite Russia again with Europe, European civilization through the Christian roots. So the American Christians uh, with a commission came and helped us with the Bible and Christian materials and helped Minister of Education organized the uh, convocations, but invite uh, all these Americans to Russia was the problem because government institution institution couldn't do that. So that's how the Kindness Foundation Fond Dobro was established in Russia, and I became to be president of this organization. Wow! So let's go back, Fred. Okay, uh, I, I just had to get that in. God introduced you. And I say God did this. Yes, I just amen. I say God directing this, and you met Olga there. Yes, yes. So this young, beautiful lady comes in and uh, looks at our material. Uh, at that at the time, Roger Oakland um, and I were with the with the deputy minister, and uh, he assigned her to check us out. We had a um, a creation symposium at the time, so she attended it, and. Um, during the break, we invited her over to our hotel and, and discuss, discussing if we could be of help. She says, yes, I like your material. Uh, we had a book translated, Evidence for Creation. Uh, we would like this to be uh, accompanying all the other Christian materials that we have with uh, our education system. Because when we open the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God, first chapter, God created heavens and earth. So uh, Roger says, okay, well, ask her. I was translating. How many books would she like? She kind of thought a little bit, and she says, well, let's start with three million. (laughs) We almost died because we're just two guys with small organizations. (laughs) Roger scratched his head and said, does she think I'm a millionaire or what? <laughs> she says, to begin with, well, I asked her, why is it just three million? She says, well, we have 30 million people in our education system. Three million will be a good start. Well, <laughs> you know, that's how we started out. Well, did you say, I got to marry this woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's a different story. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I usually use this saying that we all know. They can't beat him, join him. And I said, can't beat him, marry him. Marry him. Well, <laughs> she was Russian and I was Canadian, the Westerner that, that showed up there. Well, I, I am telling you, I I just love this. This is amazing, uh, the story about how God is operating in China 
Yes, yes. To Australia, to Canada, and then Canada back into Moscow, where this young woman was, mm-hmm. doctor who God had put the Bible in her early years, and then in her education system, the Bible was shown to her, and God shown himself into that, Amen. and now the opportunity to get that story of the Bible yes, to yes. 30 million. What a story, guys. Yeah. And that's kindness foundation. That's its roots. Yes. And it continues today to raise money and raise funds in order to get the Bibles into into the Russian into the education because system. the education system doesn't supply the families in Russia and the Ukraine can't afford it. So here in America, we have the opportunity to use our resources to help get the Bible into the hands of these people. Yes, sir. many of them who would are desperate for it, and that will change your life the way it changed Olga's life. Yes, yes. How does that work? Do we when we give the Bible, when we give money to Kindness Foundation? When you give the funds to the Kindness Foundation, what happens is then we go to the Russian Bible Society in Russia or Ukrainian Bible Society in Ukraine, purchase the Bibles there, and then we will deliver them to our Christian Education Resource Centers. It's like a hub for the education system where the training takes place and where the Bibles are distributed from. And then these Bibles get distributed either to schools, say 40 Bibles or 50 or 100 Bibles per school. And teachers that teach the Bible, they will come to the library, borrow these Bibles, and use them in the classroom. Uh, In some places, we are able to give Bibles uh, as a personal gift to the students. Like right now, uh, Christmas is approaching. And the dream of every student in Ukraine and in Russia is to have a present, uh, their very own personal Bible as a, as a most precious present for Christmas. Mm. Many people, uh, let me clarify this. Many people say, well, why don't they log in? Uh, two reasons. One, uh, internet is not always available. Secondly, in that hemisphere, book means something to people. And especially the Word of God. They, they, when they take the Bible, they, they treat it as the Word of God. It's precious to them. They carry it with them everywhere. They read it. Uh, when I uh, travel in, in, in Russia and in Ukraine in a metro station, you're sitting in a car, and there'll be a person, a student, reading his Bible. Uh, because you, you don't see anybody carrying um, computers or, or even their phones and reading the Bible. But the real Bible is everywhere. Okay, with this in mind, and you wanted to see if there was any effectiveness in getting the Bible to be taught in every curriculum, uh, how did it work? And you just, because of Russians, uh, I would say heritage in literature and in art, to express the stories that they had learned, you came, the idea of putting it on canvas. Well, uh, Russian students, Ukrainian students are very gifted ones, and they are very, uh, well, very good in art and poetry. So we had competition in Russia and Ukraine, art competition, which was going on all year round. And Every student who would like to be part can be part of this 
competition. They will draw a picture, but the rule uh, rules are you're supposed to draw a picture based on the Bible story, and you should put the story on the back of your picture, which the story which inspire you uh, to draw this picture. And uh, hundreds and thousands of students, different age, started from the age seven uh, till the age 18, will draw these pictures and send it to, comp- they will compete first in the school level, then city level, then state level, and federal level. So the best pictures, which was actually selected by the jury, um, and, the, and the jury will be famous artists from the country of Russia and Ukraine. So they will choose this, the best pictures and will have the art exhibition in the best hall of, in Moscow or the best hall in Kiev. And we had chance to bring part of these pictures to Mississippi, to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And we exhibited it in Hattiesburg and many other cities in Mississippi uh, state. So right now we had it in Meridian, in Hattiesburg, and many other cities, but we also have prints from this art, and they are available uh, for everybody who would like to have a copy. And that will make beautiful gift for Christmas or Easter. I saw some of the evidence in one of the brochures of those prints, and uh, and we're talking about grade school kids, students. Yes, sir. They look more like professional art. They are good. We had this uh, art exhibition during this uh, very famous festival this past June in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in the old town, in a beautiful gallery. And uh, we had 75 pieces displayed uh, during this uh, this time. So it was very successful. More than 1,500 uh, 1, people passed through the uh, through this exhibition, and we had a lot of references for that. So if you will go to our website, www.kindnessfoundation.org. Uh, and uh, so you will be able to order a picture if you would like to. I just want to tell you, this has been one of the most interesting interviews that I've ever been able to be a part of since I started doing Explored Missions two and a half years ago, and to see what God has done and is doing, bringing both of you to himself and then putting you together and you joining your wife in this great ministry, Kindness Foundation. Again, the website is www.kindnessfoundation.org. And you can be a part of the work that's going on there. You can be a part of getting the Bible into hands of Russians and Ukrainians. And, uh, and it and it ha- not have to be smuggled. No. I remember the days years that's ago right. about right. hearing about ministries who were having to struggle to get the Bibles into the hand of the Russians and even the Ukrainians, anyone yes, in the Soviet Union bloc. Yes. But today, because of your ministry and your connection with the education system that was ready to be implanted in the Russian government at that time, God has put the Bible available, and then it can be taught 
and permeate. I, I just want to say thank you, guys. Fred, thank you. It's our, it's our pleasure and privilege to be here with you folks. Olga, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you again for listening to Exploring Missions. Mm-hmm.